Hello and welcome to another episode of Northwest by the podcast on technology and the digital sector in Manchester and the wider Northwest region. With me in the studio today is my co-host Zach Giorgio. Hi Joe. Hey, Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you. Welcome back to the studio. Um, so before I introduce um, our guest today, I want to make a request to our listeners. Um, as before, this podcast is dedicated to the tech and digital sector in Manchester. We want to make this fantastic and vibrant as we know the tech sector and the scene is. So if there's someone that you know that you think would be great on the show, then please just drop us a line, let us know. We have an email address, northwestthefivepodcast at gmail.com. Um, or you can contact either myself, Zach, or Denisa on LinkedIn. Um, we also have a page on LinkedIn. So just get in touch in any of those ways that you want to do. So let's start off by introducing our guest. We have Adam Croft, CEO of Prevail, a tech startup focusing on wearable technology, data, and a- AI. Welcome, Adam. Thanks, guys. Good to see you both. Yeah, thank for having you. me. Hi, thank Adam. You. Hi. Thank you so much for coming in today. Adam, do you want to start off telling us a bit about Prevail? Uh, what it is you guys do straight into it right? yeah go uh, for it <laughs> cool uh, so yeah prevail is essentially a human insights provider so we've created a platform first and foremost that takes a mass amount of biometric data from the body uh, applies lots of clever ai and gives incredible insights into health and performance so what we've created is an enabling technology that fits seamlessly into clothing into textiles that people can wear day in day out or brands can fit into their manufacturing processes and sell to their own audiences it takes a big amount of data from the body and then can give predictive and kind of preemptive insights into health and performance issues so we came up with the idea uh probably about the best part of a year ago now uh founded the business in april last year and we've had a pretty intense accelerated model that's took us to where we are today we're kind of in that stage now where we're testing, refining the tech, we're training our algorithms, we've engaged some quite cool and exciting brands, we've built a pretty amazing team, yeah, and it's uh, took us to this point now. So there's a really interesting engineering problem there, trying to get that wearable stuff into clothing. What what happens? What is it? Is it fibres? Is it... This is something we plug into our, our jerseys and is it sportswear as well that you're focusing on? Is that the kind of, or is it everything? So long-term it's everything. Okay. Yeah. It's what we're trying to do is to transcend and kind of disrupt multiple industries from sports and performance to healthcare, to defense, uh, health and safety in the workplace as well. But we had to kind of start somewhere and with the kind of where technology is at the moment in terms of electrodes and how you receive, receive this information from the body, there needs to be certain points of compression so we found a way to kind of interface textile electrodes that we can build into our fabrics, but there does do need to be touch points in the body. So we started off with base layer technology. So we can either create our own white label base layers or we can integrate our technology into other brands' base layers as well. That's brilliant. How do you collect the data then? Is it straight onto your smartphone, something, something pluggable uh, on the device? So on the wearable? Direct cloud is what we're trying to do. What, okay. we're, trying to, what, we, what we're creating is, is like a constantly connected environment. So the more data we can take off and the more we can the more we can have the individual connected, the more we can train our algorithms, the better insights we can create. So we, yeah, we, what we're trying to do is like make clothing kind of the next interface beyond mobile phones as well and make clothing the kind of the platform to enable users to understand and completely own their own healthcare information. Brilliant. I mean, it's really interesting because I think like uh, wearables really exploded, I don't know, five, six years ago and everyone's gone, but it was all smartwatches, wasn't it? It was all the watches and the straps. And now you've gone to the next level where it's effectively invisible, right? It's, you know, and you don't have to think about it and it's constant and you're streaming your whole life, your whole biometrics. It's got to be the way things are going. 
Yeah, absolutely. And I think that was the big thing when we when we tried to do this, when we looking at how we're going to create this. It was did like a, a big extensive look at I suppose wearable technology in its perceived format, and we did a bit of a world tour looking into leading brands in China, in Northern Europe, and essentially even the most prolific brands were kind of like they're built with like a tech tech first uh, approach so clunky plastic technology that essentially had to make a very conscious choice to wear so it was with that that we kind of tried to turn it on the head and turn it on its head and go with like a design and aesthetic approach first created some amazing designers and looked at how we first and foremost people could wear this day in day out without making that conscious decision so yeah the kind of design principles are tech invisible no plugs no wires that's kind of brought us to where we are now and what about the data? I mean, it, there's a lot of concerns about, you know, the big companies taking people's data and mining and so on. And obviously, get it, to do what you have to do and do it well, you've got to look after people's data. Is that a concern for you? Have you had to put a lot of yeah. thought into so wh- what you're storing, where you're storing it, who you're storing it against? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, data is what we are. Essentially, we're trying to collect be like essentially the largest human insights data set on the planet is what, what we aim to be like there's no lack of ambition at Pro, wow, which, yeah. which is quite cool to talk about um but i suppose first and foremost when we look at the data and what the data is like i mean you mentioned before about apple watches and other wearable devices i think so many people these days th- there's a need and a want for information and data off the body but i think what there's massively lacking in this industry is is the insights that come with that data so I don't know if you've got an Apple Watch and and you can look and you can see an ECG or your heart rate, but but what does that mean? Like, does anyone really really care? Like, if we can take these metrics off your body, but then we can apply some real clever AI that tells you essentially if you're approaching illness or if you've got an irregular heart condition or if you're approaching dehydration or some of the amazing professors that we're working with that are kind of leading our AI teams, we're kind of looking at biometric data and then how that determines your emotional state and your cognitive state. And so what, we, what we really want to do and what we're aiming to do is apply insights and apply algorithms to this mass amount of data and kind of signpost people towards living better, to living smarter, towards a better and longer life. Right. Fascinating, isn't it? Because you got it right, you know. I look at my smartwatch when I'm like, I'm exercising and I think to myself, am I going to have a heart attack? <laughs> yeah, <absolutely. laughs> That's the only time that I actually check whether or not it's beating and how yeah. quickly it's beating. So it's fascinating that you've actually taken it to the next level and it's the whole sort of health piece, which I think you um, mentioned about sort of the innovation to that next stage. What does it mean? How can people look after themselves better? What are they doing with it? Because a lot of people are, as you say, you know, are they actually using their smartwatches correctly or are they just looking at how many steps they've done today? Yeah. Are they looking at what their resting heartbeat is? But what does that mean? Yeah. Nothing apart from at the time. Oh, yeah, I've done 10,000 more steps than you, John. Yeah. That means that I'm more healthy than you. Well, does it? Really? Yeah, I think that's no, that's absolutely true. And actually, the predictive element has got to be huge. Um, I recently read a book called Why We Sleep, and they were saying that what some research that's been done now shows that they can based on your sleep pattern, they can predict Alzheimer's. Well, and that's that's massive, right? That's that's a game changer. Knowing well ahead of time that there's a condition that you may have or you may encounter and then being able to do something proactive about that, that you, you'd have no way of determining that previously. So that's fantastic. What I'm quite interested to know as well, Adam, is obviously, I know we've, we've briefly spoken before and that you went sort of, you're from Northampton and Bournemouth University and, you know, obviously Prevail. You decided to set it up, but why here in Manchester? And and what was your background before? Why? why what's the choice of it being here? I suppose um, 
I feel like a, I almost feel like a, a Mancunian now. Right. <laughs> I think it's probably like 12 to 15 years I've been in Manchester now. And I think it's one of those places, like a lot of people I've met from here, they, they move here for one reason or another. I think mine was a lady at the time. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> she didn't make the cut. Um, <laughs> um, but it's, it, it keeps you here. It's the people, it's the place, it's the infrastructure, it's the opportunities. I think it's the access to business, to potentially funding as well. There's just everything here to, that makes a startup business thrive, I suppose. Um, well, I studied sports science at Bournemouth University, and I suppose I've always been obsessed with fitness, performance, and played around with lots of different things in that arena through my life, from doing, I suppose, natural bodybuilding shows to marathons to triathlons, and tried a bit of everything, really. But I've always had that keen interest on, on performance and health and how to how we can use data to improve your performances. And I started life as a PT. I think is probably, it's, I think it's a great skill. It's a great way to get to know people and interact with people. And That's when, a personal trainer, Zach, PT. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, just, I just worked that out. Sorry. I've been hearing about his regime before <laughs> this as well. So yeah. Um, so that was, that was many moons ago. Um, and then, but obviously I was always quite entrepreneurial, I suppose, and went from a, uh, running my own boot camps in around Manchester which is I think where I got to know quite a lot of people that we were discussing beforehand yeah okay. um, and then to creating a magazine that looked at productivity and improving performance in the workplace for corporate so looks more on the on the business side of things and then I moved into a brand called Ultimate Performance um, which is an incredible learning curve for me so I worked for four years pretty closely with the CEO and the team and helped build help build a team and infrastructure and help them scale across like 12 different countries which was a fascinating fascinating journey for me but I suppose I've always had that obsession with health and performance and fitness and and I've always that, had that yearning to create something that can scale at mass and work with incredible people as well and that was kind of that was kind of when I left Ultimate Performance at the back end of last year with the idea of Prevail and luckily enough I have quite good friends with a quite a prolific entrepreneur in Manchester who I through the idea of prevail with back and forth for a good while and he decided he completely was aligned with me and, and wanted to back it and we thought okay well let's give it a go if we're going to do it let's do it properly let's find we know what we want to build we know the scale and ambition of what we want to create we know that we've got the essentially that we can get the funding we've got the talent let's do it properly what's it like working in a company that is focused around fitness and health because there's a lot about well-being at work right but not every business can balance the two but you know in your, in your previous role performance and even now there's a lot about sports fitness health so does it become a part of the working day does everyone go like uh i think you mentioned uh, what someone else in the office like jogs into work they do like an hour and a half jogging is that is no, that fairly ubiquitous is that no crisps for lunch yeah and absolutely no it's hummus and carrots for lunch <laughs> like <laughs> zach's uh birthday cakes check it out on linkedin and <laughs> um, it's, it's funny enough I suppose we've been speaking about the health and fitness aspect but funny enough when it's not been a huge huge focus the fitness side of things since we started we've been very kind of product focused since since day one and like how can we make how can we make this technology that essentially the validity of data is there it's going to be one of the most efficient products and we're going to have how's the software element going to work how's the hardware going to feed the software so it's been very product focused as opposed to industry focus so the health and fitness element i suppose even for myself um it kind of went went wayward wayward like running a startup there's and obviously john we know each other from school runs yeah it, there's not much time for the and it's only recently that we've able been able to try and instill that culture back into the business of of, of looking after yourself essentially but i think everyone who has joined they do have that aspect about them that 
they want to create something that's going to that's going to make life better for a lot of people and um, they see this as a vehicle to do that how important then is the i suppose the ai side of the, your business because you talked a little bit about the data in the beginning you have to get really brilliant people in and i think people don't really appreciate how much effort goes into training ais and stuff has yeah. that been a big focus for you is it is it hard to kind of get your finger on the pulse of what's happening with it as well absolutely yeah and obviously like we said before it moves so fast and, and technology is changing so fast and myself i've not come from a, a tech background so okay i think that's been it's been an incredible learning curve i don't necessarily think it's been a bad thing i think it's been a positive because again from day one what we look to do is is look for the world leaders in each of these areas we work with like professors that we have on our advisory board we work with world-leading computer scientists and data scientists and essentially what we've done is is look for the best people that know this field inside out and bring them in-house that kind of lead the development of the products as well so again i can talk on a high level about our tech but to get real deep into it we've we've got world experts in-house like how we've processed ai on the fly how we use ai to give the predictive insights it's really one of our massive usps that's brilliant so where is the product now because you only started middle of last year where did you say april april we founded the business so where yeah. are you in terms of having uh, you know a prototype or a, a product that you can or production where, you know whereabouts are you in that yeah when we founded the business last year it was like we made a quite an ambitious timeline of creating like a proof of concept within like a three-month time period and we knew that we couldn't just knock this up on our own so we kind of reached out to some of the best institutions in the world we work with world-leading sensor technology institution in switzerland that we spent a lot of time with them we made our kind of proof of concepts developed a lot of ip um, we should probably talk about ip at some point across the podcast it's a huge huge part of the culture at prevail and a huge part of the strategy of the business um but essentially yeah we created our proof of concept in around a four month time period that essentially showcased the garments that could take data off your body and showcase in our own like immersive reality using augmented reality and alexa skills we could look at your ecgs your heart rate your emotional state um look at live 3d motion capture and you could talk to your clothing so we, we managed to use in institutions in switzerland and offshore development teams in Minsk and India we managed to create all this alongside the team we built which was pretty impressive and then from there we kind of built out the capabilities in-house of our electronics teams our software teams and kind of all the, all the roles that merged the two together and create our own product that we own all the IP around so in terms of where it's at now with we have the technology working essentially and, and we're in that stage now where we're kind of refining it testing it we have some pretty exciting pilot studies that we're embarking on right now, working with a Formula One team, which is pretty cool for us. Wow. It's working with their pit lane crews on advising who is essentially most ready to perform on the day, like which of their team are most hydrated, most alert, um, most well rested, in order to create and show the value that we can to give them the most efficient pit crews. And then we're, so we're engaging some brands in fashion industry as well looking at reactions to clothing and the decision-making process. And we're at that time now where we're just engaging brands, uh, getting out into pilot studies and really training our algorithms and bringing more and more to the table. I suppose, sorry, I suppose you can probably look at it in lots of different ways. Obviously, you've talked about the benefits of where you're looking to go with it so people really do understand what's going on with inside the bodies, yeah. the health side. But uh, I presume this product, because it's going to be sort of a semi-material, well, it is going to be a weaver material into the fabric, um, you could probably sell that to either 
businesses like your Boohoo's of this world and PLT's of this world so they can see when a garment, how long people are wearing it for as well, can't you? And make that assumption and would it be right? No, absolutely right. Yeah, there's, I mean, the applications for what we're creating are endless and this has been part of the learning curve this year. It's been, we know the scale of what we're doing, but it's let's refine it, let's focus, let's have one one area that we deliver on first and that's kind of where we're at now. But yeah, absolutely. And I think um, biometric research as well, it's becoming a huge area within marketing itself in brands understanding why people buy, why people react at certain way as well. Yeah. So yeah, it's a huge area. And just, sorry, in addition to that, one thing that I noticed that you mentioned was how you were very much into the fitness beforehand. So the tech wasn't the thing for you, it was the fitness, wasn't it? How did you then move it into tech? Because obviously from what you said, you studied at uni. Yeah. You know, it was all about the fitness piece and now all of a sudden it's this, really, this massive, well, hopefully, yep. fingers crossed, it's going to be a massive tech business in X amount of years. Yeah, so the tech, um, I suppose to me it wasn't so much the fitness, it was it was the insights. It was so, it was, how do you take as much information off the body as you can and how do you utilise that to help with performance? So how can you know if you're, if you're about to pull a muscle or how do you know if you're about to approach dehydration? So that was kind of the initial research in what can you do with this mass amount of data? And then when we kind of looked at the implications and what you could find out from these metrics, it was like, why would you just limit it to the fitness industry? Why couldn't this platform create these insights that people could use day in, day out to essentially help with their healthcare? And I think at the last Olympics, there was a big uh, thing about wearables and all the teams and all the athletes were wearing technology to you know determine what their sleep was like and then what that meant for them but obviously this is another level on top which is you, yeah. know, you mentioned about the f1 teams and I, I don't think anyone's doing that at the moment i want to bring back to a point that you mentioned i can't remember if you mentioned earlier or just before we came on air about finding the right you said you surrounded yourself with the best people which is brilliant everyone says oh we only hire the best people but that's not easy right so what's your like how have you gone about finding the best people are they people you already knew and you know where did you where did you look I think it was just crazy ambitious. I think there's obviously a little bit of luck, um, a lot of outreach, a lot of us utilizing your initial network. But I think like the time is now and it's on the kind of, it's on the tip of everybody's tongues. And like we said, there's more and more devices and more and more industries. So it's the time is now and the technology is, is there. So I think that helped a lot. So in the early days, I reached out to some guys at the Ministry of Defense, knowing that what we could create would have benefits to those guys. and managed to bring the head of innovation from the Ministry of Defence in and was looking at data like you discussed earlier. Um, and if we could create this platform full of human biometric data, like how are we going to secure it? What are the implications? How can we utilise that for good moving forward? And we brought like a world leader, a data security expert in. We knew we wanted to kind of revolutionise the fashion industry with, with technology. We knew the way the industry was going. We knew that kind of brands wanted to propose new experiences to customers. So we reached out and we brought on board in our wider team. Like, a world leader in, in that area he was like the vp of louis vuitton and he brought him on a, on our board and i think it was this kind of momentum it was reaching out to the best in the world in terms of technology reaching out to the people who were plugged into the networks we wanted to break into that validated kind of our direction and what we wanted to create and then i think it kind of snowballed from there so there's a, a little bit of luck in terms of people that are first recruited in manchester and like i say manchester is an amazing place with some amazing talent but then beyond that it was um okay look we've got this project we've got this idea We've got these people involved. We're going to do this seriously. This is the scale. This is the ambition. This is the vision. And I think people have bought into the vision and they've seen how fast we've moved, how quick we've moved. And it's kind of been, the momentum has just been there from the start. I think there's been never any, with anyone that I've onboarded so far, there's been no lack of ambition, no lack of kind of direction and no doubt in the mind that they're joining something that is going places. So Yeah, it's an interesting point that because obviously 
we work together so um not directly with you but with your guys and and we've been successful in in, in securing talent but what was interesting for me was the point that you mentioned you know and i was thinking to myself okay it's all right getting in these really really senior high level people at the start but how do you then get in the the soldiers that are going to take it to the next level and it's interesting because ultimately and we've talked about it before it's very much about the proposition it's very much about the vision it's very much about what's exciting and what's going to be delivered and what's going to come from it and i think that's what sometimes business anywhere as i've discussed before with you john particularly but on, in these sessions that here's a job description here's a really exciting job but actually, what is the excitingness about it? It's just a job description. It's not the whole proposition of where it's going to go, where it's going to be. And I think, like you say, if you've got those people, you've clearly sold that message right at the top, and then that's going to then cascade down. However, it's very, very easy to attract people when you're telling them that all of these super-duper people have joined this company because this is where it's going to go. So I think it does have to be very much about the proposition as well. So it makes sense yeah. getting that layer in first. I think also, what I mean, we've managed to attract some incredible people in terms of like in the software, the hardware side of things, but from some real serious global brands, Google even. And what I've found is people that skilled and that and that, that that experience they're often in these big institutions in there but they're kind of pigeonholed as well they've got these amazing minds but they haven't got the ability to come in and really make a difference and put their own stamp on things and that's what kind of what we're we're offering right now is people that are that passionate about creating a product that's going to kind of change the world but now we've, we've got the infrastructure now where they can come in and they can work hands-on with the product help build their own teams and, and really make a difference and i think that's been a big beneficial part to us and for me i suppose day in day out seeing seeing other teams interact with each other from the ip department that we're building out to the the hardware the software the marketing the garment technicians it's a real amazing eclectic mix that are kind of got a good synergy between all of them now and i think that's what i think that's the appeal to a lot of people that we've, we're looking at recruiting now yeah making an impact that's got to be huge for a lot of people knowing that there's, what they're doing is going to have a real benefit and as you say you, get, you can disappear in a huge company yeah absolutely and, and as much as as much as um there is the talent in manchester we haven't stuck to hiring from manchester like we have people coming from switzerland we have, we have two people flying from paris and work with us every week we have people come up from london so it, it shows the, the level of commitment that people are giving i mean these people are amazing they have wives they have kids they have, they have husbands the mums that do you know what i mean they have families but they're choosing to to commute to work with us and well it is it's really about the proposition isn't it yeah. at the end of the day if you're trying to do something so different and you're trying to do something that's sort of cutting edge that nobody's done before then like you say a lot of the types of people that you are attracting anyway are intrigued because actually they just love tech and they love discovering new things and they love doing new things and everything has to be something that they've not tried before because that's the challenge and that's what attracts them to fly from Switzerland or come from London because actually at the end of it, you know, you know better than I do. When you do something cool or you've come over something, you've got a solution to something, that's amazing. Yeah, that's you know. And you wanted to talk about IP, Adam. Tell us a bit about that and what how important that is for your business. I think um, it's, a, it's a big discussion point. I think the, the culture was brought into, into Prevail in and around IP, um, probably originated from David Noons, who was a co-founder in the business. Um, they'd kind of built and sold two businesses previously on, a, on quite a large scale, and a lot of the value of which was in, in and around the IP. Um, obviously, we talk about there's a lot of people trying to do things in wearables, into creating insights and AI. So we know it's it's, um, it's a big market, right? We know people like Google, Fitbit, Apple, they're all doing things in and around, even Microsoft in wearables are, are looking into this area. So 
for one, it was like, we know the scale and opportunities of what we're going to get. We know where we want to take this. So let's first and foremost, let's map out where our opportunities lie, know the landscape. And then beyond that, let's protect our innovations. Like everything we do is, is essentially trying to push boundaries, innovate, create. We encourage people in-house to invent, which is another big plus point of people joining us. Like I think we have over 90 IP applications filed now across across the business, across the ecosystems from the garment design, the, the electronics interface, the actual the hardware element, how we process AI, and then in platform side of things, and, and again, how we visualize the data. So we have like, we have all these areas that we're, we're, the IP team work incredibly well, pulling inventions out and pulling ideas out of out of each of these areas. Um, so one, it secures a route to market as we see. Two, if anyone else is going to try and do this uh, on a scale as we're trying to do it, then we're going to be a massive pain in in the backside, I suppose. They're going to have to buy, buy from us, That's license works. from us. <laughs> yeah, That's the um, point of it, right? But I mean, it, but it's it's great. It gives, like, say, for example, Bella, uh, she's our designer. We bought her in from Lacoste in Paris. But she has like 11 inventions in her name now, 11 patents in her name. It's given people that culture to to invent, I think. It's, it's, a, bit, it's a big plus for us. And obviously, it adds a lot of value. I think if you think for a normal business to outsource an IP application, the best part of 10 grand, and we've, we have, we've filed over 90, it's, it's uh, that's add, massive, it gives yeah. huge value to the business and what we've created in, in essentially just over 10 months due to a lot of hard work from the team and, and a big cultural it's a big big focal point of the business so so does you've said there before there's a huge level application of this product is immense you could go anywhere you've talked about military and sport and you know the formula one side of it uh, predictive health but what you're doing now is you're focusing it down where do you see it in say five years time are you going to be working with other brands because you talked about you've got your own designers right so there's a, my question is why would you mm-hmm. but is that but is that part of the vision you're going to work with other businesses and say hey we're you know we're going to be totally cooperative you can uh, you know license our product and use it and we'll we'll provide the the data and the biometrics or are you keeping is the plan to keep all that in-house or is that top secret <laughs> no we, we will we'll work with brands i suppose on from a top level we're a b2b player we're a b2b uh, enabling business essentially right. so two main streams you want to mass enable and work with global garment manufacturers um enabling their lines they sell to their audience floods our platform with data and then we create like bespoke insight solutions for brands that need that have problems say for example tier one sports we can give insights into recovery to performance healthcare is where we see the business long term obviously there's a lot of work that goes into making your, your software your hardware fda approved and um, but long term we want to become a medical medical device but Essentially, we, we want to get out in the market first, first and foremost, um, give insights into performance and healthcare. Uh, well, performance insights first and foremost. And then long term, we see ourselves as a medical device. And do you have a sort of timeline for when we might see the product on the shelf? On the shelf, um, like I say, <clears throat> first and foremost, we're going to work with brands. Yeah. So enabling brands with the tech and kind of yeah. training their models. Um, but then towards the back end of next year, we hope to have our first large anchor client. So Brilliant. Really good. Cool. Really cool. So um, obviously we, we, we talked about you moved here to for a girl. She didn't make the cut. You've now got a business here. Um, you're growing that business here. You know, how do you see the whole Manchester tech scene? Where do you see it going? Do you see it continually growing? Do you see more challenges being faced here for talent? You know, we've got Cambridge, we've got London. Manchester seems to be going at a rapid pace of knots, but everyone talks about those challenges of getting the, the best brains in the country or in the, the world here. Do you think it will continue to go in that way? I think the signs look positive for it. Absolutely, um, you only need to look at the tech businesses that are moving here. We're just lo- we're looking at a new location now, and I think AWS are moving in right next door as well. 
so it's obviously it's a, it's a great place to base yourself and I think with these new businesses it's easier to attract new talent from overseas as well but I think there's there is such a hotbed of talent to utilize here obviously you guys know from from your line of work anyway um but then places like Code Nation as well there's the kind of developing that ne next series of talent here it was a uh, when we first started as well it was it was okay what's going to get us on the world map like you look at silicon valley you look at the businesses that are based out there so we spent some time out there and we met some partners and met some funds and one of the partners we've partnered with a, a platform provider called d2iq who are actually based out in silicon valley and they're kind of helping us with our with our presence there so it's kind of you need to have the connections there i think to utilize but i think in terms of HQ, it will it will be Manchester, right? And you and haven't restricted your, you said it before. You haven't restricted yourself on people just from Manchester. You've got people yep. coming from London, coming from overseas. Presumably, some people working remotely, or yep. at least some of the time. So, I think that's the that's the best model. Get the the mo If you're trying to find the most talented people, don't restrict yourself to just the region. You can. Yeah, absolutely. I think what's interesting is mixed it, model. You know. Is you know is it man is it because Manchester's got this global airport on its doorstep that's able to allow us to do that we've talked about it again before you know um why is leeds not stolen a march why is liverpool not stolen a march why is it manchester well news this week in hs2 i mean that's pretty a pretty interesting one i think uh, probably not the topic for this uh, podcast we don't know where that's going but um if it's going if it's going <laughs> i've not heard anything about that for ages now it's, yeah uh, mm, i don't know we lost count of how many billions wasn't it so <laughs> Um, okay, cool. Well, um, it's been lovely to have you on. Yeah, fantastic. Thank you very much. Adam, it's been great. We found out uh, way more about wearables, tech, um, and the industry, and also the startup industry in Manchester than uh, we could have dreamt possible. So thank you very much for coming on the show. Um, it's been really interesting to have you, and thank you, Zach and Denise, as well. Cheers, Thanks, guys. Adam. Take care. Bye.